Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day.
Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. That is Vince Tagliavia. This is the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. That was uh, a YouTube video called Metal Singer Performs Amazing Grace. I don't know the guy's name. Uh, his name, uh, Dan Avask, is uh, who produced it and mixed it up. Uh, but just absolutely phenomenal version of Amazing Grace. Actually, one of my favorite versions of that song. And that is probably one of my favorite songs and my lighting's all messed up here ignore that let's jump right into it the red pill project the daily dose this is what we do here we unfold the global conspiracy the narrative we bring it to you as it's unraveling as it's moving um, oh, yeah. and uh we do this Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, we have a few other shows on the platform now. The Jim Price Show, we had some technical difficulties. That was supposed to be on today. Uh, but uh, he streamed on his own platforms. Hopefully tomorrow we can get him on. And then today we also had another new show with James Grunvig. Uh, so it's still a James Grunvig show. He'll be five days a week, Monday through Friday. And so on Mondays – or sorry – and I think Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursday, Fridays, it's going to be Unrestricted Warfare with James Grunvig. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're going to get Beyond the Bible, uh, the end times in real times or the end times revealed. And it's all about the book of Revelations with his co-host, Tracy White. And that one did play today, if you want to check it out. It's a really cool, interesting episode. A lot of You can learn a lot of stuff by, uh, by a lot of the stuff that we're going to have on here. Uh, and so that's kind of what we got going on right now. We have Patriot Party Podcast still streaming with us, and they are in between James and Jim. <clears throat> or actually, yeah, they're in between James and Jim. I was like, wait, they were just on here before me. But they do these long, really long podcasts. Um, and then we come on just a few minutes after uh, 7.30 my time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And once we get the new platform rocking and rolling with everybody else out there, this will be way more structured. Uh, we're just trying to utilize off-the-shelf technology, rumble and, and restream and all these types of things to do this. And it's really difficult, but that's okay. We're going to do it. We're going to deliver it. We're going to bring it to you. <clears throat> now, the Red Pill Project and the Daily Dose. Yeah. Today's episode is called The War of the Roses. And uh, I wanted to play <clears throat> Amazing Grace because it's a song that makes me feel good inside. It's a song that reminds me of where we came from, of who we are, of what we are, of our soul's journey through this plane of existence and how we are touched by God's hand every day, each and every day. And that everything that we are witnessing now is the subtle reminder to never let your guard down, to, to never turn your back on a politician, on a lawyer, on a leader, um, to, to, to lead, to lead those who have been left astray. And so, you know, the episode is called War of the Roses, and I've talked about this multiple different times. What we are witnessing right now in the world is the kinetic action of this big battle that's happening between this multi-headed hydra of all these different factions that are fighting each other. It's the War of the Roses of the Tudor dynasty, right? And guys, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. I, I occasionally, like, I try to, like, just not watch other podcasts and shows for a while. That I, it, Not because I, I... Well, number one, I don't have a lot of time. Number two is... 
I, I tend to draw my own conclusion from things in the world. I'll reach out to the people I know and, and other things and kind of put it all together. And then you go watch someone else's podcast and like your mind just starts going in different directions. But today I took in some, some information. I'm going to play some clips here in a little bit and uh, kind of seeing what other perspectives are on the ground and okay. in Israel and Palestine and what's going on there. And what you come to find out is that we we are spot on with what we're saying. Number one is that Israel let this happen. They allowed this 9-11 type of event to happen. Number wow. two is that the mainstream media knew about this and was on the ground with Hamas as they entered Israel. Number three, Gosh. there is mass destabilization occurring right now in the Middle East to a point where if Israel does not produce a ceasefire for humanitarian aid, you have the potential for some very big pissed off countries, ones that could absolutely destroy Israel to enter this conflict within a matter of 24 hours. We're going to listen to the Colonel McGregor, uh, kind of a bit with Colonel McGregor about this in Erdogan, about what he oh. said. That's Turkey. Okay. Um, so we are, we are on the brink. And what this is, is we can look at it as a globalist war. We can look at it as a war of the hidden hand. We can look at it as a, uh, a struggle for global homogeneity, right? The BRICS yeah. nations versus the Western nations, the destruction of Western society, the, the collapse of the United States of America. The more and more I look at this, I see China and Russia really behind the events that are evolving in the Middle East and just sitting wow. back and waiting and allowing these things to happen. Because ultimately, they knew that if this card was played, that the United States would have to spe uh, spend endlessly to help and protect Israel to the point where it breaks down the NATO collaboration. Because countries like Egypt and Turkey, which are yeah. NATO members, and then trade partners and allies like Saudi Arabia and UAE, mm -hmm. which are Arab nations, Muslim nations, yeah begin to look at the United States in a different perspective and, and no longer can align with the United States politically or militaristically because of the United States' stance with Israel um, as being the progressor after the fact. And look, I, we all know Hamas uh, did what they did, okay? And, and now this, there's no, there hasn't been very much of a threat to Israel since then. I'm, I'm, I'll, be, I'll say it. There has not been much of a threat to Israel since then. Beyond verbal. Right, beyond verbal. And, but what you have is mass bloodshed that is occurring within Gaza. And these nations are disgusted by this and are asking for a ceasefire, and Israel will not let up. Now, I've talked about this, I believe, on private Zooms. I haven't talked about this on the show yet. Maybe I did. I think, yeah, maybe we did. But I'm going to bring it up again. Vince, what are your thoughts on why Israel, well, number one, is at the incursion of these events would need two U.S. carrier groups in the Med and in the Persian Grove. That's number one. Why would you need that amassing of firepower? Number two, why would you need more money to flow in and weapons to flow in from the United States in order to conduct warfare? Number three, um, why would you, say as president Netanyahu or prime minister Netanyahu that they will not stop, that they are going to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. 
that they are going to continue to do this until the hostages are released. There was a bombing last week where they killed some of their own hostages. They don't care about these people. Okay. The question I have is what really happened? Exactly. Exactly. That's the question. Because I don't think we're getting the whole story here. And I've, I've asked around and people are like, I think you're right, but I don't have any evidence to prove it. My theory is Israel, not, not the Israel you think about in the Bible, the state of Israel, the, the, the Khazarians that were exiled out of Ukraine, all this stuff. Okay? Yeah, when you talk about the heads of the Hydra, it's the corrupt head of the Hydra right. of Israel. It's the corrupt head of the, yeah, it's one of the heads of the Hydra, Israel. That's who I'm talking about. You had the Belford Declaration, 1917, Rothschilds. This is implemented, 47 to 48. Israel becomes a state. The, is, uh, the Jewish people get put back into the area of Palestine. They utilize warfare to push back the Palestinians, which are Turkish, Arab, uh, Persian. Uh, there is Jews there, all types of people. They live there without warfare. There was no terrorist organizations there. But they push them back into Gaza. Uh, into the 1960s. But then there was like, almost like Israel has been protected. And yep, they're God's chosen and protected people. But what was protecting them? And I have... Good question. A feeling, a thought, an idea, a theory, that the reason why the Khazarian bankers wanted the Belfort Declaration. They wanted to utilize that to get power and control back over into the Holy Land is because they knew where something was and they wanted to get control of whatever that something was. And when they got in there in the 1940s, they took control of whatever that thing was. I believe it's probably some type of technology, very, very ancient or something, something like the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, they even say... They even say Hitler was obsessed with this type of uh, stuff right. and was scouring the globe for it. Maybe that's, that's exactly it. So, so I believe that they were looking for something. They found it. Whatever that thing was has protected them ever yeah. since. Okay? Now, how do you hide something that important? You hide it in plain sight. sight. It's the old phrase. You hide it in plain sight. I think what happened with Hamas and Israel was that everything you saw on the surface level of them going out into small towns and kidnapping people and killing innocent civilians was a distraction. I believe an operation was ran and they stole something from Israel. Whatever they stole from them was this thing specifically The reason is, is because it was almost like Israel was defenseless after that day. After October 7th, Israel was almost defenseless. That's why the United States had to pump weapons and money in there, throw two carrier groups out there. That's why they were relentless on this war where they're annihilating resources headed towards, uh, you know, displaced people. They're bombing hospitals buses okay why are they doing that why are they being so ruthless because they have something they want to return so when they say we want the hostages released 
they want what was theirs returned. And there are hostages, but yeah, it could be a metaphor. A absolutely. There is something else going on behind the scenes. And I do believe that this is the save Israel for last. I truly do believe. Because if we look at it, what did Russia really do in the Ukraine? Well, the Ukraine is one of the primary centers for human trafficking, drug trafficking, arms trafficking, as well as um, the production through the deep states, the cabal, of weapon manufacturing, nuclear manufacturing, and biochemical weapon manufacturing. This was their headquarters. Russia went in there and completely annihilated their whole operation. In other words, Putin kicked the Kazarian mafia out of Ukraine. Well, where's the next place that they can go? Where's the only other home they have? Israel. So they go into Israel and they steal whatever it was that was keeping Israel protected. And now you're seeing, hopefully, hopefully what we see is eventually after this whole transition is that the Jewish people actually get to live peacefully in that land, as well as the, with the Palestinian people, as well as with the Arab people. That's what we all hope. Um, I'm not going to speculate on what I believe it was or the cure or the virus. I don't know. I don't know. It potentially was. Who knows? I think it was maybe the Ark of the Covenant, maybe something that just completely a type of technology that completely annihilates your enemy in one mm -hmm. fell swoop. That's what I think it was. And now that Hamas has it, Israel is scared shitless. And so when we start to look at this whole geopolitical scenario, yeah, you know, look at the positions that Putin and Xi Jinping are in right now. Firstly, Putin is in China. Okay. Is he? Wow. Oh, yeah. Look at the positions that they're in right now. All they have to do is sit back and wait. They can watch the United States and Israel crumble and collapse. The United States cannot afford a war right now with the economy that we have. Okay? Number two is the United States cannot go to war with Israel against allies, Egypt and Turkey. Let's check out this, this, uh, this scene right here. Let's. I'm going to pull this up. And thanks, uh, JTAC, for sending me this. That this public is very firmly behind Mr. Erdogan on this and, question. And in fact, that's a, that's a point I wanted to make out here. We have uh, a, a small piece of a clip here, which brings out a couple of important points. And then we're going to follow that up with something Erdogan specifically said. And I want to help you. I want you to help us interpret that. First of all, Gary, show that first clip there. At a mass rally in Istanbul Saturday, Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan stepped up his support of Hamas, declaring again that Hamas is not a terrorist organization, but a liberation movement. The Turkish leader went on to warn that Turkey may come in the night to Gaza, with the crowd chanting to send the Turkish military. In response to Erdogan's statements, Israel has recalled its diplomats from Turkey setting back the country's newly restored diplomatic relations. So this isn't something that's happening in the dark. I mean, there's, there was over a million people standing there, uh, you know, at that rally, and he's Erdogan is absolutely out in the front, not afraid of what anybody has to think about it. And I think one of the more concerning issues, but especially in light of what you just said about their military power, he said this. 
Ya İsrail sen buralara nasıl geldin? Nasıl girdin? Sen bir işgalcisin. Sen bir örgütsün. Dolayısıyla Türk milleti bunu biliyor. İsrail biz de seni savaş suçlusu olarak dünyaya ilan edeceğiz. Gazze'de savunma değil, açık ve alçak bir katliam yürütülmektedir. So the question is, how much of that is playing to the crowd for the domestic folks? How much of it is it an international message? And what is actually the message he's trying to send? And bottom line is, what is the risk that they could actually make good on that with that military against Israel? Well, one of the things that he's also said that is hardly being covered in the West is that uh, Turkish soldiers will eventually fight in Gaza. So I don't think you can be much more straightforward than that. But Mr. Erdogan is, is nothing if not clever. And he's very sensitive to timing. And what you saw in that rally and what you've seen in subsequent presentations and speeches is an effort to mobilize the country. Now, he would not make this effort if he thought this war would be over quickly, that Israel would simply cease and desist and embrace a ceasefire. He's actually preparing the nation for action. Now, when will that action occur? Well, he's certainly not going to tell anybody. But I'm quite certain, that it, particularly in view of the recent celebration of the 100th anniversary of the Republic, where he paraded 100 uh, naval combatants through the Bosporus, in front of the world and has made it very clear over and over and over again that he has great confidence in the military power at his disposal. It's it's going to happen. The question is timing. And I would argue the same thing is probably true for Iran, although I think Iran is far more reluctant to become involved because Iran fears us and what it can do to its infrastructure, which is ultimately more fragile than Turkey's. Right. But still, <clears throat> He's quite serious, and it would be a mistake to dismiss him. I, I listened to someone quite recently in Washington who told me, oh, he's a... Okay. You do not dismiss Erdogan. Okay? Now, what was Erdogan saying? He was rallying more than a million people in his country up for war. As a leader? Yeah. Firstly, he's on the line. He's on the hook. Erdogan, being the head of Turkey, is the head of the Muslim Brotherhood, who has good relations with Hamas. He calls Hamas a liberation organization. He says that Israel needs to stop so that we can go in there and give humanitarian aid. If they don't, within 12 hours, we will have Turkish troops. Now, who's Turkey? Turkey's the second largest army and navy in NATO. Right. Behind the United States. So... If Turkey goes into Gaza, mm -hmm. Iran follows right with them because Iran can't take out Israel alone. So Iran follows. Then you got Yemen, Lebanon, Egypt most likely would join that because they cannot stay out of that because they're right next to them. Right. So Turkey goes in. You have the uniting of the Muslim nations. Then you're going to have Saudi Arabia and UAE financing this. Okay. So now you're talking about international oil trade halted. No more oil coming to the West. But oh, here's yeah. the key. What happens when a NATO nation attacks a U.S. ally? A NATO nation attacks a U.S. ally. Yeah. If Turkey goes into Gaza and Art they start engagements with IDF fighters, Israeli fighters. Article 5. 
nope, nope. That, that's, oh. that's NATO Article 5. Oh. What would happen hmm. is the United States would be in a predicament. The United States would either have to go into the ground war, get engaged with Turkey and Egypt and so forth to bring a, broad, a broader war in the Middle East, which nobody yeah. wants, or the United States would have to basically betray the Israeli lobby and say, we can't help you. Yeah. And allow Israel to lose the war. Like that's the situation that we're at right now. That's why this is the war of the roses. And here's the here's the interesting thing. Ass hat. So here's the interesting thing. Either scenario does not work for the United States. Lose-lose situation? It's a lose-lose situation for the United States, hmm. which brings even more relevance of why this is specifically a, a, a kind of a, a plan of some sort organized by the BRICS to bring down the Western nation, specifically the United States of America. Because if you look at the scenarios that come about, if Turkey, Iran, Egypt, any of these countries get involved in the Iranian con or in the Israeli conflict, the United States is put in a predicament. They cannot help out. But they are helping out right now when it's just Hamas. So it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the course of the next few days, the next few weeks. Absolutely. Whew. And it's a great strategy to present your um, enemy with a lose-lose situation. I mean... Mm -hmm kind of a checkmate kind of move. Um, okay, so while all of this was going on, right, well, the whole world is sitting here completely unraveled and ensnared within everything that's happening in the Middle East. Did we forget about something? Probably. News is moving so fast. Well, we're going back to the manifesto. Uh, this morning, the 193 member states of the United Nations approved the political declaration on pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. In May 2024, the 194 member states of the WHO will have their final vote on both of these international agreements. This process takes place behind closed doors. It is not reported nor discussed in our newspapers, in our national parliaments, in universities, nor in society. The WHO claims in these two legal instruments an absolute and non-questionable leadership in all health matters as soon as WHO refers itself to pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. So, while we were all focusing on war and financial woos, um, the WHO is actually holding these meetings this last week pertaining to the pandemic treaty about how the negotiations are going to go, and they're all going to be closed doors. And that's May 24th. 2024 that those are happening at and many 
international medical institutions are arguing, uh, you can't hide this information. People need to know. And they're like, nope, we're going to keep it private. But nobody knows about it because it's not mainstream news and it's being covered up by everything else that's going on. Yep, but it's taking place right before the election. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, let's check this out. I posted this a little while ago. Something big is about to happen. I think we all feel that. Uh, Secretary of State Blinken has been consistently ignored by other foreign heads of state governments in the Middle East. So he's he's visited Egypt. He's visited Turkey. He was ignored yeah. by uh, Erdogan. He went to Saudi Arabia. The, the crown prince wouldn't even meet with him. They let wow. Blinken sit there for hours. Really? Okay. Uh, er- Erdogan is getting his country ready for war. Iran will likely join if Turkey goes in. Politicians are full on board with the Israeli money train. Israel will stop at nothing to remove the Palestinians from Gaza. And listen to this dude right here. Nice short clip. Check this out. If you think that the largest amassing of warships and naval power in and around the Mediterranean, the Red Sea, and the Persian Gulf is an accident or is just for the purpose of the Gaza Strip or the West Bank, or even the broader Israel as a whole, or even Lebanon, then I think that you are naively optimistic about this current situation. We are seeing the largest amassing of naval power since World War II, okay? Think of all of the wars that have happened since World War II. This is the largest amassing of force. Ask yourself, why might that be the case? This is almost more firepower than you would even need if you were about to go to war directly with Iran. If you were explicitly stating that that was your objective, this would almost seem a little excessive. So something very big is going on right now. We are seeing high-level talks across the map. Hamas leaders, Iranian foreign minister recently in Moscow. Today, Sergei Shoigu met with his counterpart in China. Something big is absolutely about to happen. And I seriously don't know how much time we have left. According to the leader of Hezbollah, there's going to be an announcement on Friday. There's some ominous cryptic videos floating around that might suggest that this is when they're going to effectively declare war. This is a religious war now. And that means that it's a powder cake. It is highly unpredictable. I can't even show you the videos. I mean, if you're up on this stuff, you'd know what's going on. But uh, in Dagestan today, they literally stormed an airport. And I don't know who or what. This is in Rome today, the Colosseum of all places. Um, I don't know who and what is orchestrating a lot of these things. You got to understand there is still going to be the element of intelligence services, be it the CIA or the Mossad, who are trying to undermine various governments around the world. And they will uh, inject themselves into online forums and they will actually start protests. They will do things to destabilize other countries. Okay. So that's the other side of the house that we have to worry about is all these protests. We know the Soros funded protests that are occurring here in the United States. Uh, They were at the white house this last weekend. Um, Those are going to persist. Those are going to go on. Those are going to move on. You're having them internationally. They're happening in in France or happening in Italy. Those are going to turn sour, especially when war breaks out. When war breaks out, shit is going to hit the proverbial fan. Absolutely. Now, 
I did have a breaking story I was going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to keep on going on on uh, what we're talking about right here. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well, actually, you know what? I'm I'm going to go talk about this right there. Uh, Hunter Biden was finally been issued a subpoena by the House Oversight Committee. So this is another thing. We have this war that's about to begin here in the Middle East. We have the massive distraction that's going on. And I don't think that it's just it's a distraction to keep our minds away. No, no, no. This is all bubbling up because we are seeing the War of the Roses. We are seeing the BRICS versus the Western Alliance. It's no longer NATO. It's the Western Alliance because most likely the biggest militaries are going to leave NATO. Okay? This is yeah. the destruction of the Western homogeny. If you remove Turkey and Egypt and from there, and then you remove Saudi Arabia, UAE, OPEC from the power sources of the Western Alliance, it's over. It's it's absolutely right. over. So we what would he have going on here in the United States of America then? In the United States of America, we have the, the Joe Biden. Yeah. Impeachment that's going to happen here very, very soon, right? Oh, yeah. I'm holding my breath. Oh, yeah. You're holding your breath, huh? Mm -hmm. Don't hold your breath too much because it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's all smoke and mirror, man. It's all smoke and mirror. Seems like it. Prove me wrong. I'd love it. Please do. Prove you wrong. Uh, there we go. Hold on one second, guys. Goodbye. Okay, cool. I wanted to take care of that since nobody else was taking care of that. All right, so Joe Biden. Matt Getz comes out today. Hunter Biden has finally been issued a subpoena by the House yeah. Oversight Committee. Not only Hunter Biden, James Biden, and a few others. Um, I said today, yay, good job, right? We are right before the 2024 election where you guys have to get reelected. And now right. we're finally getting some momentum. Um, but you're still funding two proxy wars overseas, bankrupting America and have done nothing about radicalized government spending. Almost every member of Congress is sold out to the Israeli lobby. Joe Biden is still in the White House. Mayorkas, Ray and Garland still all have their positions. Uh, the DHS and FBI are still weaponized against the American citizens and our border is still open with terrorists and drugs flowing through. So tell yeah. me, Matt Getz, tell me, Jim Jordan, tell me. Congressman Johnson, any of you guys, how are you guys serving America first? How are you doing anything that we put you in power to do? You're not. You're just nothing more than a grand fucking extension of, of the bullshit, okay? Of the Israeli lobby, a grand extension of, you know, let's make them think that we're actually helping America so we can keep our power. That's what this is all about. This has nothing to do, okay, with getting Joe Biden out of the White House. You want to know why? Because they're not going to do that move to take Joe Biden out of the White House. They're not. It's just not going to happen. They're going to keep on delaying it. Another thing's going to come up, economic collapse, World War III, whatever it might be. They're going to keep on perpetuating this wheel forward and say, well, we got, we got subpoenas out there and we got Joe Biden. And you know what? If they make the move to remove Joe Biden, 
great. Do it. Yeah. The fuck you waiting for? We want to know something I found really, really interesting. Yeah. The head of the Department of Defense's um, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force is leaving in December. I saw do you know, that. Do you know why he's leaving? No, why? Sean Kilpatrick. Why? Because he was an agent put there by the DOD to make sure that the information does not get out and get investigated. He wasn't so doing his job. Systematically blocked at the senatorial and congressional level not to let that information out. Yeah. Wow. Why? Why is it Corruption. so important? Oh. No. Why is it so important that information doesn't get out? Something there, man. There's something there. There's something there that they don't want people ultimately finding out about. And I guarantee you it has everything to do with what's happening in the world right now. I almost guarantee you, down the road, future proves the past, it has everything to do with what's happening in the world right now. Now, a few different things. We're, we're talking about Joe Biden. Yeah. The Minnesota Supreme Court, we talked about this the other day. These are Democrat Supreme Court justices dismissed the insurrection clause of challenge and have now allowed Trump to remain on the 2024 primary ballot. The Colorado case that's at uh, a state judge is leveled. Uh, a new contender is just pulled in, and this is Trennis Evans. And uh, he came out and said, the truth is coming out. It's absurd. 14th Amendment case in Colorado to remove Trump from the ballot in the 2024 election. Uh, facts defeat lies where honest proceedings take place. He filed a motion today. Uh to request the court to grant his motion to intervene in this case for limited purposes for bringing the yeah. court's um, attention to this case for the record of any appeal proposed in Wiener's parallel lawsuit. So basically what he's saying is in this very, very highly public court trial, they use Trennis Evans' speech as a piece of evidence against Donald Trump substantiating that Donald Trump called for the people to go to the Capitol and be violent. The problem is, is Trennis Evans's speech was four and a half hours after Donald Trump's speech, which they said in court, it was at the same time as in it was collaborated, which is, by the way, defamation towards Trennis Evans, to which he has the right to intervene. And that makes that evidence... Um, Basically, Trennis Evans's, Evans' testimony becomes exculpatory to the evidence that they presented, which was their biggest piece of evidence. So that's going to ultimately fail. Then uh, we, we had some conversations today. This was interesting. I already knew about this, but I didn't know it was still prevalent. Um. When my kids were smaller, they used to just scroll YouTube on YouTube Kids. And I used to pay for YouTube Kids. Mm -hmm. And I started seeing these videos with these adult superheroes. And I started watching some of them. They like they have like make funny noises. They're kind of set up like cartoons and it's adults and super uh, superhero outfits. Yeah. And they would like wrestle with kids and stuff. And I'm like, like, don't watch this. And I'd put it in like uh, not interested in this content. And it would keep on showing up. 
Well, then you like, I got my kids to stop watching it, but then you find out that this is groomer content. So YouTube and popular app Likey caught again in grooming and promoting highly questionable material in their algorithm, which promotes pedophilia, LGBTQ grooming, and in some instances, violence. In the past, YouTube had a very popular content produced in Eastern European countries. Content was focused on superheroes where adults would dress up and make battles and get into some highly sexual explicit positions and do things, uh, well, that were just not normal. In some instances, these superheroes would dance around with little kids, wrestle in a playful fashion. These videos were targeted on popular YouTube kids and other kid content. YouTube has since deleted these videos and removed the content creators. So, well, this content would obviously align these kids towards LGBTQ community. Recently, a team of researchers that few of us have been collaborating with showed us some material of YouTube and Likey that when interacted with opens up a whole new genre of information. This high-quality produced provocative material includes sexualization, mimicking of abuse of sexual activities, and much more. These are on YouTube Kids. These are on kids' algorithm feeds throughout YouTube and the app Likey. Um, there's more ways to interact with this content, but there's going to be more that we're going to break on this. And in the thread, I actually posted a, a one of these channels on YouTube. It's not the worst one, but it's it's it's you start watching some of the videos. You're like, what what is going on here? Um, but I will give you guys a little hint of what we're uncovering. In the 1980s, you had the uh, the the National Institute for um, um, Missing and Exploited Children which would advertise on the back of milk jugs. According to Megan Walsh, who we've had on the show, she says that that phone number, you would call it, and if you knew the proper code to get through the menu, pound, pound, one, pound, two, pound, one, or whatever it was, you could go in there and put a bid and leave your phone number. And they would call you back, and that kid would be sold to you at an auction. Okay? That's how they did those deals back in those days. By the way, zero of those kids were ever found. Apparently, with how this algorithm is set up, it's kind of like a backdoor into this world that if you start liking certain content and watching, consuming certain content, the algorithm starts putting more and more explicit content in your feed. As you click on that more explicit content, there's ways to content. There's hidden data in those videos to contact people. And from that contacting people, you can make purchases online for other content or for people. Yeah. <clears throat> On that Likey app, one of the features yeah. as well is uh, location tracking. So you could find people who are near you. And yep. you've got TikTok-like videos of teenagers and young, young people. Ten-year-olds, nine-year-olds, yep. Mm -hmm. Posting the latest dancing trend that they come across in their algorithm that they copy. And That's next it. thing you know, anybody in your area knows exactly where you are. So, I mean, very concerning. It, it, very, very concerning. And so we'll have more information on this that actually um, links this to a plethora of high level people. Now, one of the news things that you probably saw today though, was that a brothel 
in Washington, D.C., in Tyson's Corner in Virginia, was busted. Did you hear about this one? I did. So uh, the feds bust up Asian brothels operating in Washington, D.C., areas whose clients included elected officials, Pentagon officers, and federal contactors with security clearances. The prostitution rings ran out of luxury apartments in Fairfax and Tyson's, Virginia. Um, and they were right down the street from the White House. And interesting enough, I, I put up there, I said, hey, now, I'm sure some Navy sailor mentioned this years ago on his podcast that they, they still have the picture of George Herbert Walker Bush sitting up there with the madam. It's up there, I guarantee you, because they take pictures of everybody who goes in there, of all the politicians. And so that's going to get hushed up real, real, real quick. So uh, Texas journalist home reportedly visited by FBI for exposing possible Hamas training camp near U.S.-Mexico border. Wow. So, oh, yeah, this is crazy. It began on October 17th when, according to Fields, FBI agents appeared at her doorstep while she was away. She recounts that the agents later contacted her, insisting on a private meeting at their local office to discuss her reporting, particularly stories related to the war and the border. Fields, true to her ethos of journalistic integrity, refused. I became harassment after I didn't show up to their private meeting. Um, I've been debating on whether to share about this or not because they showed up to my house unannounced again today. I've decided to go ahead and let you all know the FBI showed up at my door unannounced on October 17th. I was not at home, and I won't share the whole video for the sake of protecting others in my home. They called me later that day and wanted to arrange a meeting in the private uh, at their local office. They wanted to speak to me about certain stories I've reported on with special interest regarding anything war or border related. And only the conclusion I can come up with um, is they would like to access my sources. They also told me they were uncomfortable speaking about these topics on the phone. I do not and will not share sources, especially when they have requested to remain anonymous, such as the right of journalism in the United States of America. Um, so she is, uh, this is Sarah Fields, by the way. Wow. Yeah. And so she came out, was talking about this today. I'm not following her, following her now. Um, but yeah, she's talking about the FBI, how they're contacting her. And you know, you know, rational thinking here is like, maybe they're contacting you because you said Hamas is across the border training as terrorists. I mean, yeah. if I was law enforcement, I'd be like, well, I, I kind of want to go talk to this lady. I Maybe maybe there's something there. <laughs> but, True. But, no, Sarah, I mean, you know, good on you for uh, standing and sticking up to your ethos. Yeah, and, I mean, come on, we're talking about the FBI. Go to the border, mm-hmm. FBI. Go look. Yeah. Well, they already know. They, I they, know. Come on. I'm just saying, if it was something innocent, then they could go figure it out pretty easily. Yep. Now, what's Interesting as well, and I'm going to throw this scenario out in a minute. Iran, the Iran-backed um, um, Hafiz Yemen in Yemen shot down a U.S. Reaper drone near the Yemen border on oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, that's an embarrassment okay. for the Biden administration. Our our stealth drones are getting shot down. Escalations. <clears throat> but let me ask you this. Yes. What happens when they bring those drones to the? What happens when Iran? Turkey and Israel or, or Iran, Turkey, or, or any of these other countries that go to war against the United States start bringing the drones to Mexico. That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying, wouldn't it? Yeah, that'd be a real mess. Be good target practice for, uh, for Texans, but you know, that's the type of war that we could see 
we could quite literally see Vince. I, I got a comedy break, but we're gonna we're gonna talk about this. With Unit Nine Ten has Bola being sleeper cells all throughout United States cities. With yeah. the amount of destabilization that's happening in the Middle East, the amount of tensions that are high, when war does break out, it's a matter of not if, but when. When war does break out, you're going to start seeing those begin to rise up in our cities. I've talked about this before. What damage can one mass shooter do? Now add 100 to that. Now add 100 to that with armed drones in your cities. Yeah. That's the type of shit we're talking about that's potentially coming to our country. And I say potentially because I don't want to come in. I don't think it's going to come to my city, but it's going to come to those big liberal cities because they want this stuff destroyed, torn down. This is the great reset. And that's quite literally what it means. Reset the whole some bitch. Okay. Now the uh, Republican debate is going on and Donald Trump is having a rally tonight, but uh, you guys will like this. Just listen to the end. This is uh, NBC News reporting on the presidential Republican debate. And welcome to a special edition of Meet the Press Now, coming to you live from beautiful Miami, Florida, as we count down to the third Republican presidential debate hosted by NBC News. I'm Garrett Haake, live from our NBC News debate hall spin room, where we are just hours away from five Republican candidates taking the stage. Tonight, it's arguably a game of survival, as the field faces major questions about the state of their own campaigns and the state of this race, with frontrunner Donald Trump maintaining his commanding lead and once again skipping the contest. This is Ron DeSantis, an establishment rhino that wears insoles in his boots in order to look taller, and this is Nikki Haley. Nobody really gives a shit about Nikki Haley. This guy is probably just a stagehand. Who the fuck invited this guy? And this guy is probably just delivering pizzas. Anyway, nobody cares about these bullshit rhino debates, especially when you know that Donald Trump is going to kick some ass tonight. Young man, there's no need to feel down. I said, young man, pick yourself off the ground. I said, young man, cause you're in a new town. There's no need to be unhappy. Come on, that was good. Yeah. I love that. I mean, you talk about the doom and gloom, you got to have a little laughing and laughing friendly, right? Absolutely. Uh, but then, you know, you know how much of a threat this is, is George Soros sponsored candidates are losing, even yeah. though they, they wiped out the primaries, they're losing. Right. Oh, isn't that uh, weird? Mar- yeah. Maricopa County. Hey, you guys can vote till 730 at night. Shut down the polls at 430. Pen- in Pennsylvania. Hey, we had voter, uh, you know, voter machine errors all throughout the county. Oh, you can't vote now. No, I, they, I can't believe oh, they a, a judge ruled or something happened where the votes were getting flipped. They said, "Oh, it's on, it's it's it's um only on the printout. The back end's fine. We're going to continue to use the fucked up machines." Maricopa County. I, I'm surprised Arizonans. Yeah, are not outside Maricopa County government building right now and saying, come on out, bitches. What the hell? It's time. We're done. We're done. I mean, when is that point? Because I think it's coming fast. But they are truly afraid of Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton today. Well, Hitler was duly elected. Trump is telling us what he intends to do. Comparing Donald Trump to fucking Adolf Hitler. 
This is insanity. Oh, yeah. Hillary's oh, nuts. Yeah, yeah, she went on The View with all those birds. That was great. You know, and they're wow. having this much trouble with the elections, and none of these people are as nearly as popular as Donald Trump is. So you're going to get a bigger mm -hmm. voter, voter turnout. If they're already having trouble, Trump is going to win. Well, Trump is absolutely going to win. Look, there's no... There's no scenario where Trump really loses here. I, I mean, yeah, there, there's no scenario where Trump really loses here. Uh oh, yeah. There, there's no, there's no really scenarios where Donald Trump loses here. So this is what we have to be vigilant and on the lookout for. Yeah. Today, explosion at a petroleum plant in Shepherd, Texas, causing massive plumes of toxic smoke to fill the sky. Shelter in place. Another petroleum plant. Uh, one injured 400 without power after explosion at Texas Chemical Factory. Um, I think there's a train derailment today putting more large chemicals in the sky. We've had these systematic attacks on our supply chain. We've seen petroleum plants, royal refineries blow up, catch on fire. At the same time, we have the brink of world war about to be waged. We have the top energy producers in the world aligning with another economic powerhouse who doesn't give a shit about the United States of America. We have the incompetent Joe Biden who took us from energy independent to energy dependent. We have 17% left of the strategic petroleum reserves. What does all this mean? Well, it means energy production is going to decrease massively globally. That means gas prices are going to skyrocket. Transportation costs are going to skyrocket. Cost of living expenses are going to skyrocket. And the cost to do business is going to skyrocket because all the products that you get into your house each week from Walmart and the grocery store are going to skyrocket in price because they have to make it to the shelf. When that happens, there's going to be an attack of some sort on water. I think that's coming around 2028. But I think it potentially could come a lot sooner. Guys, we are in the firestorm. It is happening. And we're just waiting for these events to start sequentiating among each other. To start happening faster and faster and faster. And it's happening pretty damn fast right now. Now, we talked a little bit about last night. Perishable, Non-perishables, canned goods, get stocked up. Make sure you got water. Save your your your your spaghetti sauce jars. Throw some water in that. Can that? Throw it on a shelf. Okay. Um, have a way to defend yourself. Have a gun, a rifle, shotgun, pistol. I, if you're gonna pick one of them, shotgun, twelve gauge, buckshot. Okay, that's what I would do. And the reason I would do that because anybody can shoot it. It's literally point, pull the trigger, and it goes boom. And that person's in a lot of pain or dead. Okay. Now, are we going to have an election in 2024, Vince? I hope. I hope so too, but I think that either way, the results of that election are all going to turn out the same. I think there's going to be massive protest afterwards that's going to lead to some sort of violence and uprising, potentially even secession of states from the union. Um, I think that we're literally a year away from that. We could be a year away from that. Um, 
But I think that if we have a legitimate election, which we're seeing now that the elections are opening back up, we're, we're getting back control of a lot of our local elections. We're winning the school boards. We're winning the town mayors. Um, and, and what was this? Uh, what state was this? Uh, uh, I, I was just, I just saw this article. Kentucky. Everybody who ran in Kentucky, all the Republicans win. But the Democrat governor wins. Andy Bashir. That reminds me of what happened in, um, what was it? What's, it was a few uh, 2018 elections where all the Republican candidates won except for the governor. Right. All the lower positions. It's like everybody decided to jump party lines all of a sudden when it came to the most important position in that election. Yep. It does not. Yeah. People don't vote. Like, like I'm just not going to vote for governor. We can have Andy Bashir again. That's fine. That's fine. We're just going to vote Republican just for everybody below him. Yeah. Yeah. Election fraud is still going on. They are still trying to, to retain crucial positions that they can retain crucial positions in. Um, but I see that we're going to have um, massive problems over the next 12 months. And so I just urge you to prepare yourself. Uh, guys, tonight, Game Tech Politic, who was on with me the other night, who uh, um, had really bad reception, he'll be joining me on a Twitter space. That is at uh, 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9.30 p.m. Central. Um, I have no idea even how. I shared it on my Twitter. I'll share it again on my Twitter. I don't even know how to start the damn thing, but I'll figure it out. So uh, that'll be in an hour from now. So go and tune in for that. I have to prepare some things for that. We're going to be talking about American Cywar. So we'll be talking about a lot of the topic we were talking about the other day, but get a little bit more in depth into that. Um, and probably talk about a lot of the things that we talked about here today in the sense of the YouTube and that type of stuff. Um, that's kind of all I have for you. Uh, there's, there's not too much going. I mean, there is a lot going on, but not too much in the sense of breaking news. Grismo7 donated one lemon. Thank you so much, Grismo7. Babaloo! Supporter on Rumble, $50. I had a hard time seeing the positive for the Patriots with all the good going on. Pray for God's intervention. Thank you so much, Babaloo. Uh, Grandma 5 Revolt, three lemons. RPG 3573, 17 lemons. And Biden's laptop matters, one diamond. Uh, thank you so much, Grandma, RPG, and Biden's laptop. Uh, love the hat, boss. Big things come. Look at that. Look at that hat, guys. Nathaniel's Barbershop. Grismo7 donated three lemons, and I don't recall 22, one lemon. Thank you guys so much for joining in tonight. Uh, we've got to try to keep these shows at one hour just because of the schedule changes we have. And so much appreciated, all of you guys. I got rid of the troll there on DLive. Tomorrow we'll release the chest. The same thing with Pilled. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys take care. Have a great night. See you guys tomorrow. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me iPatch McCain. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. 
It's uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.